0: We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Tap into your most original thinking. Organize your ideas. And create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking Your World of Creativity, with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson.
1: Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And we really focus on this word, unlocking, because so many of us have ideas, we're inspired, we think about new and different things to work on. But we need to stay motivated. We need to also gain the confidence and often the connections and collaborations to get our work out into the world. And that'll be one of the things we talk with our guests today. We're also going to talk about how to unlock some of our thinking and approaches as we work on our creative projects. So my guest is Claudia Noriega Bernstein. Claudia, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, I'm so happy to be in the show with you. And before I say anything, I need to congratulate you for your 200 episodes And I was thinking about that last week and I said, I don't care, I'm going to be late, but I'm going to
1: congratulate him. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It's all about persistence and you know a lot about that. So we'll talk about that again, I'm sure. Claudia is an artist, a writer, a philanthropist, a life coach, but also mother, wife, all the roles that we fulfill in life. There's so many of those that we're balancing. Her career has also included being a journalist for magazines and TV in South America and in the US. And we're stamping. Our creative passport today to talk to Claudia in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, Claudia, let's start with the title of one of your latest books, Brighter Days. You know, I think that's not only an optimistic view of the world, but I mean we're all looking for brighter days in this contentious world that we live in. Tell us about what this brighter days means to you.
2: Indeed, we are all looking for brighter days. And I think we gotta start with brighter moments. Because my dad used to say to me, happiness is not a constant state. It's a bunch of little moments. And when you have all those little moments, then you are a happy person. If you have more sad moments or angry moments or depressing moments, then you have to look for those bright moments in your life to create that balance. So Brighter Days is, as I always say, a work of love. I did it. I wrote it for my daughters pretty much. And I was so overwhelmed with the way a lot of people received it. Because I think it's so authentic and so transparent in so many ways. And I mean, every author has a different way of writing. I tell my stories, how I see them, how I feel them. I don't put makeup on them. I don't try to make them perfect. (laughs) There is no perfect children. There is no perfect mothers. There is no perfect nothing. You know, we are in this journey to learn. So when I wrote that book, I wrote it for them to remember different times of our life, but always with light at the end of the tunnel. I I got divorced when my youngest one was 11 months. So it was, it, it was a hard road. My, my ex-husband passed away three years. It's going to be this year. And at the beginning, he wasn't very happy with it before so Mm -hmm. he wasn't very much on board but I had my boundaries and we'll talk about boundaries because I feel that it's so important in relationships but at the end uh, I mean the last 10-15 years more even 20 years we managed to have a very awesome relationship you know (laughs) right Sometimes I thought he forgot I wasn't
1: married to him anymore. Hey, God, this is not. Yeah, what about this? It's (laughs) interesting you say that you wrote this towards and for your daughters, because in sharing some of your wisdom and life lessons, did, did you have in mind that these stories you were going to compile would all have a lesson or a, what would you say, a learning that you wanted to pass on? Or did you just want to share the stories?
2: Both, I think. When you're a coach, your family usually says, don't coach me.
1: (laughs) There you go again, being the motivational speaker.
2: My husband (laughs) said that to me two days ago, please don't scold me. okay? (laughs) And I'm not, but we are wired this way. So we try to find a positive outlook on, on every situation. We try to see the bright side of every day. And sometimes People react in different ways. So then when I will go and say, well, this didn't work this way, but it's going to work this way. So let's hope for this, this and that. And then he will look at me and he goes, don't coach me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But I I truly feel in my heart that when things doesn't go the way we want, it's because there is a lesson there. What we resist persists and we are very stubborn about it. And we keep doing the same thing, looking for a different result. Mm-hmm. So I didn't look for, my purpose wasn't, I'm going to coach everybody and I'm going to give everybody a lesson. Mm-hmm. My my goal was to tell a story, different stories, and see what anybody can rescue out of those stories. See if every somebody maybe is going through the same thing and doesn't see that outcome as a possibility. So that's the reason why I pretty much did it.
1: Yes. Well, and I love the piece of the subtitle about confidence, resilience, and courage. Again, these are all traits and they're not just personality traits, but I mean, sometimes we have to force ourselves to be confident, put ourselves out there in resilience. How how do you see these three descriptors, these three adjectives or traits coming together? Confidence does breed courage, et cetera.
2: I think that everything starts with yourself. as You have to first know who you are. And when I coach clients, I, I am an abundance coach. So my focus is in giving them the tools they need to find the abundance in their life. But we need to take a step back and figure out who this person is, what this person wants, what are their beliefs, and then start from there building that person is meant to be Mm. because those limited beliefs we carry them and we are attached to them because that's what is familiar to us so what we do is i'm gonna if let's say uh, this is silly but for example i remember one time my my family is very sarcastic we're latins we're very sarcastic so (laughs) one time my mom said to me be careful with your nose It's the only pretty thing you have and (laughs) in For anybody else, would it be a joke? But when you are a kid and somebody said that to you, that is, that is protecting you, is your parents, it's somebody on top of you, that belief stays in your head. So when I was in school, I didn't want to be in sports that would hit my face because, oh my God, God forbid I ruined my nose and it's the only beautiful thing I have in my face. You know what I'm saying? So we carry those things. And when I work with my clients, I help them build different pillars, the real, the true pillars that they should have in their life to create that person that they're meant to be. And that's where the courage comes. That's where the resilience comes because you fall and you get up, you that's yourself and you keep on going. Mm -hmm. So one comes next to the other one. The first, first one has to be the willingness to acknowledge who you are what those beliefs are, and the willingness to work on that and, and, and accept your responsibility mm-hmm. on those beliefs. If, if somebody comes to me and tell me you're an idiot and I choose to believe that I am an idiot, it's not that person's fault. That's their opinion. It's me giving my power away to that person and allowing that person to describe who yeah,
1: I am. Letting that get in, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and Claudia, part of the world of creativity theme is also to help us all learn from the cultural upbringings and the life experiences of our guests. And so as a Latinx woman, what what is some of the things that you're describing in terms of confidence and resilience and courage that we might learn from your cultural upbringing?
2: I come from a culture with a lot of taboos, and there are a lot of things that we don't talk when we're kids. Respect is a huge part of our our lives, and and for me was I think cultural shock when I came to this country because people are very casual. In my country, they are not like that. So even now, when I hear my I have an adult, I have adult kids, so if one of my kids. Will brush me off. It's not that I'm gonna be offended, but that's not the way I raise you. You do not talk to me like that. I am your mother, and you can be 26, 27, 30. I don't care. But even in heaven, we have hierarchies. Okay, (laughs) so respect is a huge part of my upbringing, and I carry that with me, and. I give it to the other person that I'm talking to or that I'm interacting with or I'm having a relationship with and I expect to receive it back. And that's where the the breakage sometimes, if if I, I may say that, happens because we are not in control of what the other person is going to do. And we immediately assume that because we are given it, we are entitled to receive it and doesn't mm-hmm. work that way so it has been a lot of adapting to different cultures and this is what I love to interact with people from other parts of the world because you learn so much not only to accept other people but you learn so much about you about myself meaning and what are the triggers why is this bothering me What are parts of my life that I still have to work on? But everything comes back to me. And at the beginning, I was talking about boundaries. When we go to a museum, for example, and they put that red rope, it's not to protect the rest of the people. It's to protect whatever is behind that rope. So when we do that with ourselves, we are protecting ourselves and we need to be brave enough to know when to say no I'm not accepting this behavior I am not comfortable with this behavior so that red rope will be in front of us and we would be this precious thing that we have to protect from everybody else Mm -hmm. so those boundaries are not to teach people how to behave those boundaries are to teach people how to treat us.
1: I love that visual metaphor. It really paints a very strong picture of value of that painting or the value of that sculpture. And the rope is meant to say, hey, this is a very valuable piece of artwork. Keep your distance. Do not touch. Look, look but do not deface. Yes. yes.
2: In, in what, and, we sh-
1: and we should consider ourselves valuable. I like that.
2: At the top of the list. We mm-hmm. should be the most valuable thing we have. The same way that we should be our best friend. The same thing, the same way that we should be our biggest cheerleader. It should always start with us. And oftentimes, especially when you come from families or upbringings where you didn't feel that you were valued or you were protected or you were loved or you were acknowledged, then you look for those validations somewhere else and you forget who you are. And you start moving your boundaries because you start shrinking to fit. And that's, I don't know if you saw, but that's the name of my journal. It was so important to me to teach or share, or give the tools that every woman, men, and children, because I have three different journals, but the one for women is I Don't Shrink to fit." to give them those tools so they don't move those boundaries. Mm -hmm. They don't go and say, well, I need to feel love, and this person is not exactly what I'm looking for, but he does A, B, C, and D, and... I'm going to be in this relationship because that's how I want to feel. I want to feel that I am loved. But then you're you're looking for that affirmations somewhere else when they should come from you, from the reflection in the mirror, for, from the person that talks to you in your head. But first, you have to have a serious conversation with those voices because those voices have all those limited beliefs that we've been carrying on since we were little. And those beliefs are not true. Mm -hmm. Those beliefs are perceptions of somebody else of ourselves. And there's gonna be people, when you put those boundaries, that are gonna say, who she thinks she is? (laughs) How dare she? And maybe they're gonna go away. And maybe they won't wanna have anything to do with you, but that's okay. Because whoever loves you, should love who you are completely not with conditions i'm gonna love you if you're a vegetarian but well, then you don't love me i mean i am a vegetarian but i'm saying then you don't love me right you Condi- love without
1: version. those conditions yes.
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the version of myself that you think i should be and why would i give you my power yes who i am supposed to be who, yes. I, want, who I want to be
1: so strong Well, listeners, my guest is Claudia Noriega-Bernstein. We're talking about her book, Brighter Days, and some of the themes and topics in this book. Well, I wanted to also then, Claudia, talk about the creative process behind the book. And how you began to organize your stories and, and put them together as an author. I mean, it does say there's 88 important lessons that you've learned in life. But I'm sure you didn't start with, let me make a list of 88 lessons. No. So tell us a little bit. Give us a glimpse behind the typewriter.
2: <laughs> I'm going to tell you the very short version. I was writing a parenting book. When people ask me, what, what do you do? I always say, I'm a mom. I do a lot of other things. I wear a lot of other head, hats, but I'm a mom. So I wanted to write a parenting book. And we went on vacation with my husband to Miami. My computer crashed and half of my book got deleted. So I was like, I'm not writing anymore. I don't want to know anything about this. Forget it. This wasn't meant to be. We look for signs everywhere <laughs> to convince ourselves that that's That's, what
1: that's the exactly happened. right. Confirmation.
2: Right. But then, yeah, but then we, we went to sounding board. But then COVID happened. And as I said it earlier, there are no coincidences. I have one of my nephews staying in Vegas. He was stuck here pretty much. And one thing led to another one. And he was a publisher. And he said to me, why don't we write your, put your book together? You have all these notes. And I said, because I don't know if I'm ready for that and da-da-da-da-da but I like to do many things at the same time. So I had a bunch of little stories that I thought one day I was going to share with my daughters and that's it. And he says, well, why don't you write it? Why don't you put it together? You have stuff in Instagram that you write, you have stuff in your website. Why don't we put them together and then see what comes out of it. So 88 wasn't a number that I had in my head from the beginning. It was just what we end up with. And once I had all my stories, I tried to put them chronologically, but then halfway through I said, you know what? This should be just different stories. This should be different situations and some are funny, some are serious. I talk about death. I talk about being a single mother relationships in divorce, things that I experienced with my daughter. Sometimes they're my teacher. I, I learn with them every single day. And, and it's it's such a joy. I mean, sometimes I miss them when they were little. <laughs> I was saying that to my sister in law yesterday, not only because I loved my kids little and all the things that we did, everything else, but when your kids are little, you can protect them. You can, you can have that bubble. They look at you like you are the best thing that ever happened in their life. <laughs> you have all the answers. But when you have adult children, it's different. But you don't stop being a mom. You don't stop worrying when they're driving. You don't stop worrying when they're in a party. You don't stop saying, don't text when you drive. You don't stop doing those things. But they are adults now. So the relationships change. And, and, and I don't know, for me has been such a, amazing journey. And I wanted to share that. I wanted people to see what happened in a normal life. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it is normal.
1: <laughs> well, and you're describing, I wanted to ask you specifically about one of the themes and that is forgiveness. Claudia, as we go through life and even careers, we change jobs and we look back and sometimes we do have these regrets. And we wish we would have said something different or we wish we would have closed the conversation or ended the relationship in a different way what what can you share with us about forgiveness
2: for me it always has been a gift that i give to myself you know when i forgive somebody i am doing it for me oftentimes People do things to you and they don't even know they did it. Mm -hmm. So here you are feeling hurt and upset and waiting for that apology and hoping that that person is going to come and tell you, yes, I hurt you. I'm sorry. And that might never happen. You might stay waiting for that for years. And maybe after 10 years, you'll meet that person and you have an attitude, right? Because you're hurt for 10 years, something that you did to me when we were in college. And the person goes, oh my God, I had no idea. Or maybe that person will never call you because he really thinks everything that he says about you, you know, <laughs> you never know. But I think forgiveness is some, something that you give to yourself. And yes, we can look back and say to ourselves, maybe I should have handled that situation differently, but there is nothing you can do about it now for that situation what you can do moving forward is either call for an apology like if you were the aggressor or the person that did something so you have you can have peace with yourself if you're not able to do that then learn from that situation so you don't repeat it i i have something in the back that says it's okay to make mistakes yeah don't make the same mistake twice learn from it you know appreciate That life is giving you another opportunity with maybe similar circumstances where you can be your higher self, your better self, and do something that might change the outcome of a situation that is very similar to something that happens to you before. That is when, when we have done something to somebody else. But when somebody does something to us, it's really a healing process that we have to go through. But... Never give your power away. Never give how you are going to feel be up to somebody else. You choose how you want to feel. I used to tell my kids, if you're walking in the street and somebody scream, whore, are you going to turn around and say, here, no, right? So why are you going to accept opinions or things that other people are saying and allow those things to hurt you? You have to always take in consideration who is saying it, where it's coming from, why is saying that, what was the journey of that person, and not own it, not not take it with you. Because those are their journeys and their opinions and the way they feel based on their own insecurities, fears, and circumstances has absolutely nothing to do with you.
0: Mm. And I'm
2: not saying this is easy. Believe me, I get hurt the same way as every other human. I'm not the Dalai <laughs> the li- Lala, Dalai li- Lama. <laughs> la- la. I get hurt. And, and I mean, I get hurt. I, that's what happened last week when we were gonna meet last week and it didn't happen. I had two very emotional situations last week. One, we had to put our cat down after 18 years and seeing my girls around this little princess, it was heartbreaking, and I was not in a good place emotionally, and then I have a disagreement with one of my daughters that just threw me through a loop. Everything that I learn in paper sometimes goes to the toilet mm-hmm. because I am human, and I'm going to let my emotions take over, and in that moment, I am going to feel terrible and 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 at and, and that moment, we feel there is nothing else we can do. And you know what? A good cry is great. But after that, you have to shift. And you have to say, that's not who I am. And I know that. And maybe she was angry. And she didn't mean it. And she's going to come back. I was going through all that stuff. And then I was supposed to have a chat with you. And I was thinking to myself, I'm not emotionally where I need to be to share everything that I'm feeling and then something happened and we move it for this week. And then looking back, I'm like, you know what? Good. Because that gives me the time to heal. And I, I, as we said before, we have to put ourselves as a priority. We have to think I need to take care of myself first. I need to heal first and then I can have a conversation with you. And then I can have a relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. And then I can decide if I want to have this career of this career. But if you are not in your core and if you're not aligned with yourself and with your pillars and not with the limited belief that you've been carrying on for all these years, then you're not ready. You're just not ready.
1: Yeah, so strong. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, these are these principles and actions. You know, we, we don't just talk about them and write about them sooner or later it does come up in life. And we challenge ourselves to practice them, don't we? Yes. Yeah. 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 So powerful. Well, listeners, my guest has been Claudia Noriega-Bernstein. Claudia, I can't thank you enough for a wonderful conversation. And thanks for sharing this book with us in the world, Brighter Days.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. I was so looking forward to talk to you. You're such an upbeat person. And I I have listened to a lot of your podcasts and I love the way you empower your guests. Really, you're doing an amazing job.
1: Well, thank you. I I do consider these things a call to action. So it's like we don't publish these books just to tell the stories to our own family sometimes, but really to share them and call us to action to say, these are life lessons that you can apply in these challenging and often difficult times.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I always advise to everybody that is going to a difficult time, to journal. If, if, if you are not able to buy my journals, grab a piece of paper and write what you feel and then come back and read it and see if you still feel that way and see what lesson you can get out of it. Because it certainly had helped me for many, many, many years. And I think it's an amazing tool to get out of the funk, especially when you Yeah, you're- definitely.
1: Well, and not only a lot of people say writing these journals are first thing in the morning, you get the energy and the flow, but it's also, isn't it interesting to go back, I don't know, a year, five years, and you pull a journal off the shelf and you go, wow, that's what I was dealing with. And either you say, great, I overcame it, or I guess that was really no big deal after all. You know, I thought it was so important five years ago, but really, was it? Modern.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it didn't matter at all. And I I keep saying that to my girls, one day you're going to look back at this and you're going to say, did I lose sleep thinking about this? Oh, my gosh. Yes.
1: (laughs) Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Claudia Noriega Bernstein, you can find her on LinkedIn and her book website is brighterdaysbook.com. Yes. Well, let's continue our worldwide journey. Come back again next time. We'll be stamping our passport to learn from creator and how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, as we've discussed today, to get them into a book, but then ultimately gain the confidence and the connections to launch our work out into the world. And that's what it's all about. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. Bye for now.
0: Unlocking Your World of Creativity, with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and The ThePeaceRoom.Love. If you like this podcast, here's another show that you'll like from BSB Media. The Patient Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey. It features interviews with healthcare leaders, patient advocates, medical providers, and researchers. Presented by 83 Bar. Look for The Patient Speak on your favorite podcast app.